You're listening to Cards and Cubes, a show about board games that you didn't grow up playing. Hello everyone, this is Cards and Cubes, episode 7. My name is Christo. I'm Trevor. And today we're here to talk about our top 5 heavy games. So, yeah, just uh, we're going to have talk about games with high complexity ratings and we're just going to talk about our favorites but first i have trivia for trevor surprisingly no are you excited trevor i'm so excited it's actually pretty easy and maybe you looked it up because of the topic but i was just curious and you have to kind of cheat to get this well i'll explain but what are the top three heaviest games on board game geek certified weight above uh 1500 pounds or uh, 700 kilograms if you're European. Well, the heaviest game is going to be Frosthaven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, um, I, I didn't look up how heavy glo- glo- ha- glo- Gloomhaven is, uh, but I don't think it's actually too ranked too heavily. heavily. It is uh, 3.88. The maximum is 5 on Board Game Geek, by the way. Let's For, see... Actually, you're I'm probably going to gonna have some difficulties with them, but one of them, you have some hope, I think. Um, the other two, I think you're going to be like, uh, okay. <laughs> probably one of them is Arkwright. Uh, actually, Arkwright, Arkwright is definitely up there, but it's not the top three. I think it's probably like top ten or something. I think, well, I have a uh, suspicion. Arkwright is a really good guess. I have a suspicion that the the heaviest ones are like war games that i have no idea what yes, they are that is two of the three yeah <laughs> so, so so two of the three are gonna be like what the uh, heck is this i'm gonna guess Arkwright is a really good guess though yeah, i'm gonna guess heavy war game number one and heavy war game number two because I, I don't know <laughs> war games <laughs> actually yes yeah the third one is not a war game surprisingly um is it of a is it of a tall Lacerda game? Because no. I I know that Vitalisserta games those. actually get like I think that their ratings are actually overinflated for complexity. Yes, I think so as well. But it's actually not a Vitalisserta game either. But it is a notorious game for being kind of heavy. And maybe I'll give it away, but it has to do with. Um. Uh, it it feels people say it feels more like uh, doing work and like studying for a degree or something than actually playing a game. Have I played with, this game? No, do you know, no. It has to do with engineering, a particular kind Engin- of engineering. Gosh, uh, is it a is it a train type of game? No, those are actually also kind of up there, like the 18xx type yeah, games. Yeah, that was where my mind was going. No, it's a more futuristic type of engineering. Zia, <laughs> uh, Zaya? Uh, uh, very good guess, but no, it's by Sierra Madre. That should give you like oh, a super is this good a hint. Oh, game? Uh, no. <laughs> You've definitely heard of this game. Are you kidding me? But Wait, yeah, PAX, PAX games are up there as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to say PAX games would hit the high end of this scale. I should say this game used to be talked about way more frequently than previously, but lately it's kind of died down as far as like interest for some reason, even though there was a new edition hmm. in 2020, apparently, I think. Let's see. 
<laughs> you can just look up like see all the Sierra Madre games and you'll blah, 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 <laughs> probably slap yourself on the face. Ah, uh, just look them up. Hold Let's on, do second. with space engineering. So Zia was a good guess, but Zia is like a joke game. I don't think it's very heavy. I mean, it's not a joke. It's just like a sandbox weird game. So I, I, I'm curious what it's ranked. Probably oh, three forty nine. Not not that easy, I guess. Um, yeah. When you said Sierra Madre, I was just thinking all of their PAX games. Yes. Give me but a second. Done to one <laughs> of the games that is not a PAX game. Also, like the Bio series, I think is either by I don't know if it's published by them, but it's designed by Phil Eklund, I think. Uh, is there, yes. oh, wait, 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 uh, something's coming. Hold on. One second. <laughs> I don't know if it's good, but something's coming. I, I, I actually don't know that I've, I definitely haven't played it, but I no, think I haven't I've, played it. I haven't played it either. Actually. Uh, is it high frontier? Yes. It's high I, frontier yeah, okay, for yeah. all. Well, <laughs> yeah. it used to be just high frontier. They republished it in 2020 and I thought it was actually simplified, but it's just a reprint and it even has like some expansion weirdness in it. Yeah, man, that is crazy. I had to like, pull. I, I have probably only heard somebody talk about this very tangentially on a podcast somewhere. So I was just like trying to remember what it was called. Yep. No, I haven't played it, but I know someone who was hoping to play it sometime and has it from one of the convo- uh, organizers actually. But I don't know if he, he even played his copy because like even just to start playing it is like a ridiculous commitment from what I've heard. Like it's like reading textbooks basically of like realistic simulation rocketry type stuff but yeah. yeah don't they have a couple of games with frontier in the name i think uh i don't know about games with frontier in their name they have or is like it the just pack series and the bio series and some other random games i guess actually i'm curious what is what's the most complicated packs or com- the weight rating the most the highest weight rated game oh the highest rated game uh oh of the pack series i don't know i was just gonna say the other two because you're never gonna guess them the first one is europa universalis uh from 1993 (laughs) there's a pc game which is notorious for being ridiculously long and complicated and people are always posting like memes about it uh 3600 minutes playing time which is what is it 600 hours oh my gosh no, it's uh, only 60 hours, so it's pretty quick. Just kidding. Uh, the second one is some war game called The World at War. Um, I'm guessing it's like simulating the entire world, like uh, chit pull type game, I think. Oh, it's Risk. <laughs> so basically Risk, yes. I think like a way more complicated version than Risk. This one is only 14,000 to 2,800 minutes. I'm guessing that's like obviously several days. Yeah. So yeah, those that sounds kind of games wonderful. Are kind of ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so the way I got it, actually, I was actually looking up. It's kind of amazing. Board Game Geek doesn't have a way to sort by rating. You have to basically do the advanced search and like pull down, like put in like four point eight, four point seven, four point six, oh. <laughs> and see what <laughs> games come up. So actually, I don't know. While we're talking, maybe while we're talking about the game, I can break in and at the end of the podcast, I'll tell you which one the most complex packs game is because I should be able to figure it out. Is there a game with a five rating? 
Uh, no, I don't think so. People, are, I think, are trolling things. Um, I also put above 50 user ratings, so I'm guessing if there's like some game that just was published, someone might have ra rated it as a joke with five. But like, uh, also Advanced Squad Leader, I thought was going to be one of them because I've heard of Advanced Squad Leader. It's like another military simulation. Uh, actually, from 1985, it takes actually not too long, but it has it's like really notorious for being ridiculously complicated for some reason. That one is like 474, I think. And if you click on it, you'll see people like just troll it, and like 16 people voted it as one light. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so it's just kind of that happens on BGG, unfortunately. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking through. Um you know, I, I can't really rely on the rating on BGG to yeah. to like tell me whether yep. a game's heavy or not, right? Because on BGG, it's only heavy if it's a five. And according to BGG, nothing is rated five because yeah. it averages out well, all these votes, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the other thing is I saw some games on there, which I don't really consider that heavy. Like, I don't know, Anachronian Barrage. They're like pretty heavy games, but I don't know if they're like, I don't know. I, I think people are saying it's subjective and obviously it's subjective. So no yeah. joke. And it, it heavy also is relative, right? Because I think that well, obviously the more you have played, the more accustomed to mechanisms and you know having to moder, uh, not moderate, uh, monitor uh, several different resource types and different goals and objectives and like planning turns. Like yep. the more you do that, the easier it gets. So some games that don't feel quite so heavy to us now, maybe to other people feel just like. A ton of bricks you yeah know? there's also like a bit of confusion this is not a heavy games topic but i think some games are heavy because of the branching things you can do with them like i don't know chess is like a super heavy game with simple rules i think uh but other games are heavy because of just complexity and unintuitive rules and just like rule books of piles of rule books that have rules in them and the gameplay itself is not that complicated i think so like i think there's yeah. confusion between those two things like is the game itself heavy because of branching and just like insane options that you have going on or is it heavy because it takes like three hours to explain the rules or something yeah that's that's true there's it's kind of relative the definition of heavy but when i think of heavy games and by the way this is like my favorite category of games so this is uh, best podcast ever yep <laughs> uh yeah so when i think of heavy game i just think of something where the rule set is interesting usually there's a decent play time probably 90 minutes to up to three hours or more probably just depending and um a lot of control or interesting decisions and and also i think what comes into it is you can get good at the game you know so like there there may be elements of randomness but an experienced player will do better usually than an inexperienced player is kind of just like the 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 flavors that run through my head when i think of a heavy game yeah 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 uh to me it's more like the gameplay i don't care about the rules that much to like as far as complexity goes like yeah. rules, rules are fine uh 
By the way, snapping back to the heaviest packs game, technically I found it because it's pretty easy. Uh, I narrowed, pulled it down to 4.5 and it popped up. Uh, Pax Emancipation, actually, for some reason, is 4.58. And Pax Renaissance is 4.52. Interesting. So supposedly okay. those are the heaviest ones. And also another Sierra Madre game popped up. Bios Megafauna, second edition, 4.51. So, like, those are the first ones above 450, I think, that popped up from Sierra Madre. Uh, yeah. By the way, Sierra Madre games, like, kind of amazing because, like, uh, th there are these tiny boxes of cards. Like, I think I've seen Pax Transhumanity and Emancipation, and there's, like, a deck of cards. But, like, the, the, like it's insane, the rules that are connected with those cards and just kind of, like, the game how com complex it is i guess i've yeah. also heard they're kind of random though so like i think there's kind of some simulation type stuff going on there so maybe the ratings are high because <laughs> people just like rage on the on the cards <laughs> actually the the even to begin playing the game is insane i actually started reading rules to pax renaissance and like even me like having gone through a lot of games they're also written in like not a very friendly format in my opinion they're more written like a textbook or something or just like a list of rules <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't particularly yeah anyway someday i'll play it but yeah yep uh, circling back to your comment on rules complexity not being a prerequisite for a heavy game, uh, I think that's definitely true because I'm looking at my list and my number one rated game is actually, I think, the lightest rule set of all of them. Yeah, my rules, my games actually have quite a lot of rules, but... I just kind of like maybe the theme that goes along with it. And when you introduce theme, I think kind of rules pop up and icons and colorful stuff. So, yeah. Also kind of unusual stuff because, yeah. Anyway, yep, we can get into it. But anyway, let's yeah. get into it. All right, let's do it. So I'll start with my number five. My number five heavy game is Teotihuacan City of Gods. This is a Daniele Tashini design, uh, originally published by NSKN Games, which is now Board and Dice. Um, this game is just so cool, and Hristo will agree with me forever. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, the basic gist of this game is there's a big dice rondelle on the board, and dice rondelle means... Each player has a certain number of dice, three or four, depending on if you've unlocked the fourth one. And you move the dice a certain number of spaces around the rondelle, and you try to land them on spaces with the rest of your dice so that you can do more powerful actions. Because the more of your own dice that you have on the same spot, the more things you'll be able to do. And the things you do include getting... Uh, different types of resources, then you will be building this pyramid ziggurat thing in the middle of the board uh, with cool wooden squares. You can go up various temple tracks, get different abilities. The expansions also add in a whole lot of extra nonsense <laughs> that I love, uh, like a fourth temple track, seasons that affect gameplay. Uh, there's like this Con conquesting board that's added in one of the expansions. There's more technology tiles because uh, that's one of the things you can do is get technologies to get kind of player powers. Uh, the game is just so cool. It works so well. 
I love it. Teotihuacan, City of Gods. Cool. Yeah. Now, actually, I don't really hate this game or anything. It's not like I'm not super negative against it. Um, I just kind of went in expecting basically Tolkien out of it, uh, which is kind of weird, which it kind of is, but it kind of isn't. Like, I don't know. Obviously, it's not Tolkien. Um, I think Tolkien is kind of more clever and it almost feels like bidding. This almost feels like uh, basically... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like say monopoly that's what popped into my head though <laughs> well, you, are, moving, you are moving around you the are board. moving around the board on, <laughs> oh my like, gosh is monopoly a rondel game <laughs> yeah monopoly is a rondel game <laughs> no it's kind of funny um i was gonna say it feels like a rondel or something or just kind of like a <clears throat> uh like one of those games except uh, one of those games where you can't step to where someone else is, like uh, Walnut Grove and whatever, like those uh, different uh, Heaven and Ale. That's that's what I'm take, uh, talking about. I, I can't remember what the exact mechanic is for that, uh, what that's called. However, the difference in Teotihuacan is you can stop on top of someone else, and actually that like that interactivity is not really my favorite mechanic because you make the space more expensive. And I don't know, it's... <laughs> It's just kind of I don't know what it is about this game, but like mechanically it works really well. I think uh, some of the technology combinations I feel like can be just ridiculous, and like part of the skill I think of the game is figuring out which technologies are kind of broken with each other for something. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like not yeah. not broken, but like really ridiculous compared to other combinations, and like getting them and actually like cheesing the game with them i feel like the there are some spaces where there's some kind of script going on like basically if there's a lot of people somewhere you probably shouldn't go there because like it costs a lot the pyramid i think like there's there's this moment that when i played it a few times where everyone's kind of waiting for the right symbols to pop up and when they pop up everyone's just like "Ah, i'll build right now and it like triggers (laughs) an avalanche of building so i don't know if if that's fine that's fine but I was just kind of like, I don't know. I'm just kind of over this game. It's fine. Um, That actually did really well in one of the games, and I still was just kind of like, I don't know if if, (laughs) if this is legit. (laughs) This is fun. This this is a legit (laughs) game. Is this even fun? I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, I think this may be just a common thread and something I've noticed over the several years we've been playing games together is that I... I don't mind a game that presents a puzzle with with weights that you either have to pull with you or find a way to kind of burst out of them, you know, get get out of the shackles. Teotihuacan has some opportunistic vibe in it where you're trying to do what you need to do at the right time. You try to set it up. Other people can get in your way, so you try to have ways that can mitigate people getting in your way, whether that's through technologies or you've just got a good amount of resources. I enjoy that type of gameplay, um, which, uh, as you mentioned, might have a little bit of negative interaction, uh, but it I just... It, it, it has a particular just vibe and the gameplay just feels good to me, so I like it. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not a bad game, I would say. Yep. Uh, all right, my number five is Alchemists. We still need to play the expansion, so I don't know how it is, but I expect it to be good. Um, Alchemists is a really weird game where you are playing kind of a very, very simple game, I would say. It's like really simple, uh, where you're just kind of placing workers, 
Um, I forgot actually. There's something with like the specific sequence of who, which space, who the, are you? I think that the spaces activate in order, don't they? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember now. I'm looking at the board. So on the right side, there's a space where like you get some benefits if you go later in the round. Like they get better, or you get fewer benefits if you want to go firster. So if you want to go uh, earlier you don't get benefits like cards or whatever but you get to place your workers first so or something or last i think is actually better gosh <laughs> we need to go back and play this <laughs> it's been a while yeah it's been a while no i think first is good because i think it goes top to bottom to top and then bottom to top again. anyway uh i think first is better but I would say that part of the game, which actually is kind of uh, a CG special with these kind of games, Dungeon Pest, Dungeon Lords, uh, Alchemists, where there's like kind of a f game pre-game before the round where there's like planning of where your workers are going to go. And that's actually kind of a big deal. So maybe that's why it increases the weight because people are like, what if he does that? What if I do that? What if no one does that? What if too many people do that? And then I get third pick of these things. So there's a lot of kind of those decisions. But I think the worker placement of the game is kind of pretty straightforward. It's just like five simple spaces. But I think what makes the game really cool is this app where <clears throat> the app actually hides the secrets of the universe inside it, which is the entire point of the game is by doing experiments, you're trying to find out um, like w which, uh, like how, where the elements are like there's like a system of positive and negative charges with elements and by their interactions it's kind of hard to describe what's going on but by their interactions you're trying to find out like which positive and negative charges correspond to which like element in the game uh by just mixing potions and uh getting the result of, out of the app because the app actually hides information about the universe and how the charges are distributed in this particular game. Like I say, it's kind of hard to explain and actually that's part of the complexity, I guess, is like just that entire system of like matching up symbols and like the result, like what does the result mean? Because it's like a deduction game where you're trying to like eliminate certain things, certain possibilities. Because obviously like all deduction games it doesn't give you like a positive result like this is what it makes it's it's like a it's not any of these four so by eventually figuring out what the only possibility for a thing is that's how you figure out the charges um yeah the first time you explain this game to people i think um especially if they haven't played anything like this they're gonna be like what <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can totally see that happening. And like you mix things to figure out the elements, like what? Uh, but the rest of the game is actually very straightforward. I think the main pull of the game is that deduction game, and that works really well. I think that you play in front of you with uh, mixing potions. So if you like, I think also it has really cool, I think we've talked about it before, but it has really cool kind of commentary on the scientific method and just science in general. So if that sounds really cool, I would check that game out. Uh, kind of an older game now by standards, I guess, but still holds up really well. I think another game... And that vein is Search for Planet X, much lighter though. And uh, I'm excited about the remake of Things Straight. Gosh, I keep forgetting it. It has like the worst um, 
most generic it's something like jungle speed or something that's what i want to say but it's not jungle the lost code the lost code uh so those are kind of much lighter versions of alchemists i think but kind of similar vibes there's not many deduction games actually i think that's really cool mechanics and that's why i like it because it's like maybe the heaviest game in a deduction type environment uh there's some like murder mysteries usually with deduction but this one is like also a really cool theme so alchemists yeah. We need to play with the expansion. Yep. Uh, yeah, I will just add. In a, you know, I I love this game for everything you said, and <laughs> one of the things I love about this game is there's a mechanism to basically like call BS people it. on their crap. Yeah. You know, you can. One of the actions is to is to say no, I think you're wrong, and then like basically you're like they're like presenting a dissertation or something, like presenting uh, to uh, the other faculty or other alchemists, and then the other alchemists are like, no, I think you're full of crap, <laughs> and then they can like. Yeah. Just prove your theory. Yeah, you can basically make a prediction without having full knowledge of like what it is and like pretty good guess, like usually 50-50. And sometimes you guess right, sometimes you guess wrong. And it's just kind of yeah. funny if it's wrong. It's like, I nope. Just, yeah, I just loved that dynamic. It was so fun. Yeah. But anyway, Alchemists. Alchemists, cool. Well, my number four is higher on your list, so let's just skip straight to your four. Yep. Cool. Uh dominant species is my four you still haven't played this um it actually doesn't i don't know if you play a lot of board games i think you'll kind of get it uh but i think also the weight in this game um another couple of really weird systems maybe that's like a trend with me because i really i like really strange systems in games uh the weirdest system in this one is like the hexes well what is the game by the way there's like a free for all between different species of who's gonna control the land i guess or something uh actually i can't even remember the theme but basically you play as one of the species and actually i think one of them is humans if i remember correctly is that true no it, it's monkeys i think uh yes mammals mammals sorry it's it's very generic so it's mammals reptiles birds amphibious arachnids and insects arachnids are separate because spiders are special i don't know uh, i'm not a biologist or anything but i really think the system is cool because the earth is made by these hexes and they all have these like biome things on the edges which is kind of what they kind of support and what uh, animals are interested in and what they eat so it's kind of like you're playing this kind of area control and it's actually really ridiculously trolley area control there's a couple of cards which like destroy something and it, it's it's very kind of swingy and very kind of rough because you can totally get like destroyed if you don't make the right move by many ways actually one of them is your your food disappearing the other one is just like a volcano erupts or something or you can just get um, kind of overwhelmed with just majorities but i think uh what sets it apart from just other area controls in general other area controls are just kind of like you smash people against each other and basically attrition war uh, this entire system of food around the hexes and food kind of disappearing and there's also an expanding glacier which actually removes food as well so it's kind of become, becomes harder and harder to live on the glaciers i think that's the coolest thing in the game and also that's what makes the game i think ridiculously complex because 
like I say, if you're not careful, you can have your food source disappear and there's like worker placement on the right side of the board where you're trying to kind of like keep up your food sources um, or adapt to new ones or whatever. So if you like make the wrong move there, you can be kind of really wiped out based on just your food disappearing, which is very thematic and very cool, but also very um, kind of be careful when you play this game, I guess. <laughs> so also lots of thinking i guess the same thing like there's worker placement spaces which resolve in order so you're constantly just obsessing about if i go here is someone else gonna go somewhere else and basically take what i want before me and it's very painful because you need a lot of things to survive or just to kind of yeah expand or whatever uh but i think the theme is really cool the game is really cool it's a gmt game which usually they do war games and it kind of is feels kind of like a war game but it kind of isn't it's like a really weird outlier because it feels more like i think like more euro ish uh there's no dice there's no chits or anything like that it's very cool and i like it quite a bit and we should play it sometime yeah this makes me want to change our name to cones and cubes yeah yeah <laughs> um i actually forgot what the cones represent gosh that's crazy uh because cubes are basically your people's meeples cones i don't remember yeah this cones. one is uh has been on my to playlist for a long time but it's not one that gets suggested very often so i just haven't had a chance yeah uh, kind of rough to explain with that whole system of surviving things and the implications of worker placements and the first game's kind of a learning game and it also goes on for a little bit actually it i don't think it's that bad like it says 100 20 to 240 minutes i think we got it done in like two hours and a half last time we played so it shouldn't be that bad if as long as you don't think about it like ridiculously long anyway that's yeah. a dominant species cool all right well moving on to number three number three my number three is tolkien the mayan calendar uh this is a Another Daniela Tashina design, this time with Simona Luciani. Um, this is a CGE game. And even though I really, really like its spiritual successor, I guess you might call Teotihuacan, Tolkien is just a phenomenal game. I love this game so much. So it's, it's worker placement, effectively, and there's just a bunch of these dials on the board and this is a game where time is one of the resources that you have to manage um, so you place your workers on one of five different wheels and each round the uh, wheel will rotate and then the longer your workers stay on the wheel the better the actions that are available to them become and so you're trying to on two of the wheels you get a variety of resources from corn to wood stone blue skulls because those are good to collect in uh, ancient mesoamerica and um then on another track you're kind of investing in technologies um which help you do other actions more efficiently uh, there's a corn track where you can basically use corn to win the game. <laughs> and if you do, if you do the corn track, well, it is quite powerful. And then there's a, there's a wheel that uses the blue skulls to deliver them, uh, and score lots of points, move up 
one of three temple tracks, and uh, there's a couple of intermediate scorings, and then the end end of the game scoring, and whoever has most points wins. Um, the this game is really elegant, but I think it has really complex play once everybody kind of understands what to do because you're going to be fighting tooth and nail to get into the right spot on these wheels because time is everything. Um, the game has a set number of rounds or not, a, I guess not a exactly set because there is a way for people to rotate the wheel twice on one turn. And once the wheel, the, the big wheel in the middle does a full rotation, the game ends. So you're trying to cram as much as you can into the game time before it ends and end up with the most points. And the gameplay is just so cool and rewarding. And I would never say no to a game of Tolkien. Except I, would say uh, no. except I will not play it on Board Game Arena. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, because, well... <laughs> I, let me rephrase that. People I won't, are too good on I board game arena. I will not play it probably. on board game arena with like random people because the community on board game arena is mostly, in my experience, people who just play this game like hundreds and hundreds of times. So like, I really like the game, but I haven't played it that much. And if people are just like smashing my face left and right, then it it's it's still fun to play the game. But it's, I like to feel like i'm competing <laughs> at least you know yeah yeah no i i understand completely yeah uh that's what i actually was gonna say about the game is it's the rules are not really that complicated actually it's pretty straightforward i think yeah. to understand what's happening but i think the weirdness of the game is like um kind of the interaction between people and it's not even like a negative interaction it's a really weird interaction because by placing somewhere on like a cheaper space you might actually set someone up because they place higher if they yes. can afford it so it's like a really weird interaction which i don't know if it exists in really any other game where you might make someone's action better if if they can afford it though so like they have to be able to afford it because it costs more corn and also they have to need like the bigger actions which are kind of sometimes situational but it is a very strange game because of that and like it's a really weird game also because you can't i think come in with a game and like this is what i'm gonna do and just kind of like do it because you might be influenced by the placement of other people and what they choose and it might kind of shift what you can do because like Trevor's saying time is everything and if you can place higher that like makes your game more powerful if you can afford it uh which yeah. is really strange with this game yeah and again i i like that tension of i i know what i want to do but can i do it and if i can't how am i going to pivot and i i think that creates a fun tension but I think uh, about this game, I think it's very, like, simple and elegant. Um, I feel like Teotihuacan kind of also has some kind of bloat, and, like, his later games also have just kind of a little bit of <clears throat> more bloat about them. I think this one is very, like, simple and to the point, and you can... Like, there's not as many spaces, but it's still a very complex game, I think. The only <clears throat> weird thing is the sliding buildings, which are basically, like, kind of like the technologies, even though there's technologies as well here. Um the technologies are actually static in this one so you can like completely pre-plan that i guess but the cards the way they come out sometimes they're different and also the end game cards change the game i think significantly as well yep yep but yeah that this is a classic yeah um tolkien for sure that's it anything else about tolkien nope that's it 
All right. My number three is Tris Magistus. Gasp. Uh, Tris Magistus, actually, I didn't like it the first time I played it, to be honest, or the first few times I played it. I wasn't sure. I'm actually still not super sure because I haven't played it that much. I've only played, like, I don't know, like five, six times or something, probably. Um, I don't particularly like one aspect of the game which is the markets or, or the cards um there's only basically a market of one for each color i think it is two. or something uh well it's one to start but then it becomes two. Oh, it becomes two yes um and sometimes you really need a particular card and you're trying to like set up this entire combo that like an avalanche of actions which are dependent on that particular card and someone takes that card and that color doesn't exist or something or the effect is much worse oh um, yeah. yeah yeah the the market's a little different because it's not there's no like set market for a, i think for a particular color to be present I think it's dependent on your yeah. dice basically it's, it's, yes. there's like two spots per uh symbol uh, or two, two, two cards per symbol on the dice. Yeah. So anyway, you're creating this like avalanche of actions in your head, which like involves a particular card, and then someone takes it, and everything cra comes crashing down because your die doesn't do anything else other than that. Well, for taking cards, I mean, you can use it for other things. But uh, this game is kind of insane, like as far as just kind of the brain burn it creates for some reason for me. I don't know what it is about it, but yeah no other game conversion game has this kind of level of just pre-planning things and just what the heck are you doing and like i say like an avalanche the combo of actions that are going to result from every single action that you take uh because you have a personal board um what is the game i don't know it's really hard to explain actually but basically you're getting elements and you're pushing them through this like uh conversion cycle or whatever i don't know what it's called a uh, transmutation cycle uh you're transmuting them to different elements i think and uh you're doing that with transmutation actions obviously uh plus a lot of kind of adjacent actions and combos and power-ups and abilities and whatever so just kind of kind of a crazy game uh, there's also a pretty big focus, I think, on kind of recipe fulfillment. Obviously, you're trying to cr have eventually the right elements to fulfill, um, I think, basically cards. You're just trying to get more and more cards throughout the game. And yeah, kind of hard to explain, kind of a weird, a uh, lot of weird symbols. Um, I think we've also talked about it before. I think it's, in my opinion, I think the graphics are kind of underproduced and they could be better, but it's functional. Uh, it has cool custom dice. I would have liked the art to be a little bit better, but also really weird symbols and just like an avalanche of icons. So be ready for that if you, <laughs> yeah. if you play that game. Honestly, actually, the game is not that bad if you played other games by him. Obviously, it's a really heavy game, but most of the icons are just resources, I think, so that it, it, it's not as scary as it looks so yeah they're just weird because you're the trismegistus and creating weird formulas and stuff yeah this um i really struggled between putting this one and teotihuacan on my list well this one is better easy decision <laughs> i i well <laughs> depending on the day i would swap them out easily because this game is also one of my favorites um it's another Daniela Tashini design. I think this one's a co-design, though. Yeah, uh, with someone else. I was actually looking at the title. Federico, Federico Pier Lorenzi. 
He's like a descendant of Lorenzo. The yeah, the and magnific- I, the magnificent. There's a, he only Just has kidding. one other game, Farmerstein. Farmer's time. <laughs> and the weight, the weight so is 1.67. So that's quite a change. Yep. From, yeah. That's kind of funny. Yeah, that is actually kind of weird. I don't know where the other co designer came from. I think, yeah, it's maybe his like first game, basically. Yeah, maybe this Farmer's this is like, thing uh, is sound. Oh, it is. It was his first game. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this is like Daniela Tashini's young Padawan. He's <laughs> just yeah, like maybe. teaching him how to. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, great, great pick. I really like this game. Anything else? Nope, that's it. Number two. All right, on to number two. My number two is On Mars. Vitala Serta, published by Eagle Griffin Games. Um, gosh, this is such a cool game. I, I really like in, in general how... Vitala Serta designs um, incorporate theme into mechanisms. So the theme of this is you're you're building a colony on Mars, trying to get people there, I guess. And um, unlike terraforming Mars, which is kind of like macro scale, this is a micro scale game where you're like literally manipulating rovers on the surface of Mars and moving around and, and building uh, habitats and then different types of buildings so that you can get different types of resources. Um, this is I th- at its core. It's, it's, uh, it's a worker placement game. And what, what is really cool to me about this is, as I was mentioning, theme kind of helps you play Vital Deserta games better. One side of the board, there's worker placement that's on, like, your space station. And, and there are actions associated with that that you might think would be on your, playsta- your, on your PlayStation. <laughs> on your <laughs> space station. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so like you get resources from a depot, you can upgrade or, or get new technologies, you know, that kind of stuff. And then on the surface of the Mar- of Mars, you're doing actions like moving your rover or moving your bots and your bots help you build things because you can't breathe out on the surface. So your, your little meeple guys don't walk around on the surface. You have to put them into mines to work and things. Um, and then you're, basically there's i mean there's so much happening in this game but basically you're trying to cluster the same types of buildings together so that you can then get these cards that give you abilities for scientists to move around and and do things and you're trying to uh, move your rover to pick up these bonus tiles that help you uh you know, advance your game quicker. There's everybody has a personal player board with with an own personal technology uh, track kind of where you upgrade your technologies and other people can use your technologies and they might pay you for them. Anyway, there's a whole lot of stuff that's going on in this game that I won't spend a lot of time to talk about now, but it all to me makes sense because everything you're doing is thematic and everything is, well, everything except for the crystals. <laughs> the crystals are kind of like fantastical, but uh, everything kind of feels really cool. Like you're actually on a mission to Mars, um, which is, I think, a hard feeling to accomplish in a pretty heavy Euro game. So this this game is 10 out of 10 for me. I, I just like it a lot. 
Yeah, I should like this game, actually. I probably need to play it more. I wish there was, like, an online place to play because it's kind of a beastly game as well, like most of his games, so it takes, unfortunately, a lot to play it, like, set up and explaining rules to people. So, yeah, <clears throat> um, the only thing I didn't particularly like in my plays was actually the summit death thing um anyway there's a card you can play i can't even remember how you get it like trevor was saying maybe it's like com combining buildings or something but basically other people can use it and uh it gives you like a benefit for people using it i think and i don't think you can use it yourself and i don't think that worked particularly well in our games i don't know if it's an issue with us or whatever but i was just kind of like I don't know about this Which part? <laughs> mechanic uh, where you can get cards in front of you and other people can place workers oh. on them to use them. Yeah. But they don't. Uh, uh, or maybe, I don't know, maybe I didn't have the right cards or something. I just kind of didn't get it. Yeah, there's there's an action to pick up the cards, but then to get the benefit, you have to have a scientist of the same color. Um, there's something where other people can use your cards yeah. when you get yeah, benefits. Yeah, you can, you can move a scientist, like someone can move a scientist onto your card and then use it for free. Is that kind of what you're... I don't know. There was something about it where, um, yeah, I, the where other people can use your cards and basically I was hoping for that to happen and it didn't happen. <laughs> That's kind of a trend with... Uh, I, I don't like those mechanics in games where you, that happens but uh the other thing is it's kind of weird like i don't know i feel like the space station actions are better earlier in the game and the mars actions are better later and it almost basically fills up and everyone just kind of like stays on the planet for the last phase of the game maybe that's just kind of the way the game goes yeah that's kind of the arc of the game where you're oh i mean and it's thematic too right the more the more you're on mars or the longer you're there kind of the better it is to remain there um but yeah, early yeah. game. So like, there's there's a mechanism right where you can use a rocket to go back and forth between the surface and uh, and the space station, and you are trying to, I yeah, because like the the all of the point scoring and all the meaty stuff is on the surface. So you're trying to plan that you have what you need from space so that you can stay on the planet as long as possible it's, it's just so weird because i don't even remember specifics but i remember that i was hoping that someone would go back to the space station just anyone and no one was going back to the space station i like to so get out of your really way sad. <laughs> maybe to get out of the way or maybe i had some kind of ability or something so i was just like well that sucks everyone's just kind of going on the planet and just staying there forever and that's what happened um, I don't know. I just can't remember. But I think there's a lot of game to be explored here. And yeah, like I say, I wish it was available somewhere online or something to play. It's available because, at my house. Or at your house, yeah. Well, if it's available at your house, we need like preparation for other people to play yeah. it as well. So that's <laughs> I the downside of his games. I actually have to get this one back to the table soon. So we'll, we'll probably do that. Yeah, maybe. We will. <laughs> All right. Well, while we're on that theme, I guess, Lisboa is my number two. This was my number four. Yep. Um, of his games, of Le Vital Lacerda's games, of which there are plenty above four for some reason, and Trevor was saying they're maybe inflated or something, I don't know. Uh, this is actually my favorite, I think. Um, I don't know why, but the first time I played this, I actually was not super familiar with him or his games at all. 
so i was like what the heck am i doing like literally for half the game and then i kind of started getting it and like the second game i was still kind of trying to understand what the heck i'm doing so the game is very weird because um the what you do is like really not obvious and the interactions between people are also really not obvious everything's like going through some kind of game filter uh you are playing this side game which i think is the easiest to understand which is the they made it in mercado de lisboa which is much uh simpler and in my opinion not as good it's actually that's more it, complex uh it, it, <laughs> no as as i'm looking at it actually one of the cool things that's completely missing from that game is when you build a thing you collect rubble or whatever so that entire rubble mechanic is yep. missing i think so i was actually that's missing very unfortunate. that from mercado lisboa they, they took out some of the fun parts which was kind yeah, of unfortunate because the rubble the rubble interacts basically with the rest of the game and you can do things with it and yeah it's, it's just kind of ridiculous uh the theme actually is there supposedly so you're like this i don't know government person or something that you're rebuilding after a great uh earthquake plus flood plus fire or something supposedly which happened well it's not supposedly it happened uh but the game is you're <laughs> like re rebuilding the city and you're like going to these three personages or something i that i'm b butchering the theme because it's been a while but basically it's one of them I, th I think is the king and the other two i can't remember what they are <laughs> but anyway that those are like the main actions of the game and basically you're playing cards and there's like a lot of weird stuff going on in the game some of the cards are obviously to rebuild the city which i think is like i say the easiest to understand part which is that hex grid you're rebuilding shops and like picking up rubble and using it for other things and stuff there's also an entire like economic game of shipping goods um, and receiving money for them so you're trying to be a good merchant i guess as well so some of the cards you play might become ships and the cards are multi-use cards also you can like tuck them underneath the board and they become like actions i think or the, when you do like uh or when the game does i think uh treasury refresh or something i think it's called or you can tuck them on top to become ships where they help you ship goods uh you can also use other people's ships when you ship goods um and i think they get some benefit from it as well so there's like kind of like a supply of spaces to ship around there's also um a lot of end game goals and actually that's one of the i think maybe weaker parts of the game is there's this column or a row of cards eight cards and actually with one action i think you can pick up multiples i can i forgot exactly the specifics it's been a while since i've also played this game but uh there are these just end game goals so you're creating your end game scoring quite a bit in this game um and that's like a big part of scoring and i think the complaint there is sometimes uh sometimes someone just like sweeps the goals that are maybe good that work for you and then the goals that are left don't work for you <laughs> and that's just <laughs> yeah. unfortunate and there's a huge deck of just goals um so this is like a weird game where i, I don't know if that's really present in any of his other games actually the gallerist also has this yeah like you're kind of creating your own scoring at the end of the game uh but the gallerist at least is visible though so it's like a grid uh this one is off the top of deck eight at the time and yeah. hopefully they're good so that, yeah i appreciate that there's a lot of those cards present and that's what i think makes the game still work um well but I, that's what stops this game from being a 10 for me is 
uh, the horrible end game goal. The the end game goals. I I think generally it kind of works out. I don't. I haven't played this game an inordinate amount of times, but I don't know. I've played a game where there's been a runaway leader, but there's yeah. Like I I like the ability to kind of determine what you're going to be scoring at the end of the game. It's just sometimes it's a little frustrating when you know the the right card is available for somebody else on their turn, and then it's your turn. You're like, oh, I can't get yeah. what I need, or they took the thing I needed to score, or whatever. And there's also a church track, because why not? And there's a bishop going around in a circle and picking up tiles, because, again, why not? He needs to get his steps in. Yeah, he's he's doing his steps, daily steps. Uh, actually, it's kind of funny. One of the cards, like, makes him move faster, and I can just picture this bishop, like, being, like, really fast and, like, being able to run, like, five miles or something. It's just, like, speed walking. <laughs> yeah, speed, speed walker. <laughs> just, I don't know. I think it represents, uh, obviously, something else, but it's just kind of funny. Um, also, the there's this like track where it makes either building cheaper or something else cheaper, which I forgot. Oh, following. I think you have to pay to follow or something. Yeah, it makes either following or building cheaper, um, depending on where it is. I even forgot what the track is called. Um, I think there's plenty of theme here. You just have to kind of uh, maybe find it. Um, uh, I think the art actually is really cool. At first, I didn't like it, but the more I played the game, the more I appreciated it for some reason. At first, I was just like, this kind of ugly, but then it grew on me quite a bit. And I, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, this game just kind of does it for me. Um, I think it doesn't have those cheesy follow mechanics like CO2, and I think on Mars has some of it as well. It doesn't have like straight up bumping other people from the gallerist, but it has endgame goals. yeah that's it yeah and they still work it's just that's my least favorite part of this game is that that works and i think maybe it's my favorite because it has really weird systems of like uh shipping with economic like supply plus this weird interactions of like adjusting things that like affect the the entire game the treasury track i think is what it's called yeah it's it's par for the course with a Lacerda game it everything interacts and interlocks with every other mechanism and it works really well it doesn't feel clunky and it's all thematic yeah and it has multi-use cards which i think is really cool as well so it's just kind of a lot of things maybe that i like i guess yeah i i like this game a lot for all of the reasons you said and uh and more and more, more. Less. And, or i guess less because i like it two spots less than <laughs> yeah you. so i i like exactly two mechanisms less than you do yep <laughs> no this is, a, this is a fantastic game i i really like lishboa all right drum roll this is time for number one this is what you've all been waiting for yep number one um all right my number one game happens to also just be my favorite game overall and that is brass um i know there's kind of a divide online in the bgg community between birmingham and uh lancashire lancashire is just uh the reprint with better art of the original brass which when did the original brass I don't know, a long time ago. I want to say 2009 or something. I'm yeah. actually looking it up. Um, yep. Yeah, so Lancashire plays, I think, the exact same way as the original. And then Birmingham, 
uh, was a re-implementation in 2018 when they did the Kickstarter. I was close, 2007. 2007. when the super first game came out. Yeah. Um, so it's a Martin Wallace design uh, for the original. In for, for Birmingham, Matt Tolman and Gavin Brown at Roxley Games uh, added some new stuff. I th- they swapped out kind of how the markets worked in the original with like uh, there's a shipping uh shipping economy where the more the sooner you ship the better because the i guess the market becomes saturated and if people sell their stuff the 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 demand goes down and then when there's no demand you can't sell (laughs) so uh there's kind of a race to sell your uh your your goods but anyway the way this game works is you have a hand of eight cards and on each turn you're taking two actions and you are either i mean you're doing a variety of things with those actions from you can uh place tiles on the map for industries so you're like building a coal mine or you're building an iron factory or you're building a cotton factory or a box factory (laughs) i call them box (laughs) factories because they just make boxes i think think it's goods yeah i think it's yeah yeah generic goods but i think yeah they they do have boxes on boxes on them so you're building a box factory um i think there's pottery in the new one in, in Birmingham, I don't recall if it's in the original, but but anyway. No, actually, it's not. I'm looking at it. Yeah, in the old one, I think there's more to do with building, like, ship ports and harbor things um, where, that are not in Birmingham, because Birmingham's a little more inland. Um, but basically, so uh, you, can, you can build those uh, industries, uh, tiles, putting on the board you can also build uh links between cities um there's a rail era and a canal era the canal era is first so half of the game you can only connect cities using waterways uh which is the canal era and then in the second era everything has advanced technology technologically speaking so you can now only build rails and no canals and some of the connection points change and things like that. You can also uh, develop, which is basically just removing tiles faster from your board because, uh, I mean, there's a whole, <laughs> there's kind of a lot to talk about, but basically the higher the t- higher level, the tire your pl- tiles you're placing, the more points and like income they're worth. Um, so basically you're, you're using cards to do these various actions. You can also take loans uh, by spending an action. And uh what is an action? An action is playing a card, and on the card you might uh, see a city name, or you might see an industry type. And so you have to kind of be opportunistic with the cards you have, because those limit the actions you can do. And there's network building, uh, there's an economy, because uh, there's like a market of coal and, and iron on the board, where if the market is flush with coal or iron it's really cheap to buy it from the market if but if there's a not a lot it's really expensive to buy it but it's also really rewarding to sell it so you're trying to just kind of do all the things at the right time uh, there's a scoring at the end of the the of each era so basically you score twice during the game and then you see who has the most points um i yeah, I just love this game. I, I know not everybody loves this as much as I do. Actually, you know what? I think Brass is still the number one rated game on BGG, isn't it? Uh, 
I don't remember. I don't know. Over, actually. Overall, it's number three. So I think Birmingham really shot it up because uh, people really liked Birmingham. Um, anyway, th- this game just scratches all the right itches for me. Uh, it has, y- you know, uh, economies to keep a track to keep track of. Uh, it has opportunistic or, or dynamic play style where you kind of have to adapt to what is available to you. You definitely can and should pursue a strategy. And so you're just trying to figure out how to do that without setting up players, other players too much because uh, everybody kind of shares networks. There's variable turn order depending on how much money you spend so if you're spending more money you're going later the next round because supposedly if you're if you have a lot of money to do really powerful stuff then you can afford to wait while other people do things ahead of you so there's actually this cool tension of you decide well should i play this should i do this now because it's really expensive and it drops me in turn order for the next round or should i do something like kind of you know cost less to do that this time anyway i really really enjoy this game every time i play it and this is a game i would never say no to because <laughs> i don't think there's a tolkien level insanity of this online well actually maybe there is i've seen like weird implementations you can play online and there is a steam app now but i think there's not really much of an online community that i've seen for that but anyway i i really like brass either of them is fine for me lancashire or birmingham yeah this is a great game uh i played the first one i think basically birmingham is an expansion of sorts to the game uh but i think it's good the changes they made maybe it modernized it a little bit because the first one had this weird place where you can uh ship to the distant markets i think or something i don't know i, I forgot the specifics but yeah, basically the it's a cities. shipping action it's a shipping action action where you start top decking cards and it's absolutely hilarious because oh, like yeah. this <laughs> this kind of game you don't want to top deck cards and i think you get like variable rewards for how much you're sold based on the card you got or whatever from this deck and it could be like zero or a lot i think or like a little or a lot i don't know yeah, if it can so be zero that thing is like at, e- at the start of each era there's a certain number of like points available i don't remember how many but you flip over a card and it will move that point thing down zero to two times it can just ruin it faster and if it ever bottoms out when you're trying to ship then you just just don't get a ship and then and then nobody gets to ship anymore yeah 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 i remember that uh but i played the original actually i think just one time just to see what it is online and i thought it was pretty cool it just didn't have basically beer uh, which replaces kind of those cards. So, like, instead of the cards randomly dictating how much people can ship, it's now it's beer dictating how much people can ship. So it's more player-controlled, and there's some interactions there. Obviously, the downside is, like, if you want to ship and you don't have beer, which has happened before, uh, you lose out on a lot if you don't have access to build a beer or whatever. So, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of better, though. Um, also, no pottery, so it's much simpler but it's the same exact system so it feels like Birmingham is like an expansion to the original game I think uh, in some ways yeah I think that's pretty true but uh, I think the original I still liked it it's it's kind of it's it's the same game just uh, like I say without pottery and random shipments <laughs> yeah. with random shipments I guess <laughs> yeah I think um, the yeah Birmingham's really just kind of a new map is really all it is 
I think it's kind of amazing because this the old game was still good, like everything was good, but I think the facelift of like the graphical facelift really kind of pulled it out of this weird place where maybe people thought it's like 18xx or something and yeah. just like really kind of the pulled it out of the corner and put it in the spotlight more. Uh yeah, I just I, I think the game has always been kind of good. It just maybe needed better graphics and presentation or something and shine for the new age. But yeah, yep. uh, awesome game. I would also play it at the same time. It's, um, it's pretty cool. One of maybe the best games out there in general, to your point. And uh, it's a 2007 design. Yeah, well, is it really though? I mean, <laughs> it the might be a 2018 design if you. Yeah, if the you 2007 look that included way. the top decking cards and no pottery, so <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, yeah, yeah we'll I'll st- still play both of them. But it, it, you know, if somebody has a strong preference for one over the other, I'm happy to play either one they want because I like them both kind of the same. They do, they just, I mean, they're, I mean, the top decking is can be frustrating, right? Because you could just like bust or you just won't be able to sell anymore. But the same thing happens in Birmingham when there's no beer, right? So yeah, yeah, yep, exactly. It's kind just of. Kind of it's just a it, different way of doing it, it. It kind of feels more player controlled or whatever, as opposed to the game just doing it to you. Yes. And like, I drew the wrong ship. Good job. Yay. Yes. And theoretically, <laughs> so. you can always build more beer. So like you can kind of recharge the market. Um, yeah. Whereas in the other one, you can't really do that. Yep. Uh, anyway, brass is awesome. And my number one is Terra Mystica Gaia Project. Uh, I'm surprised Cheater. that wasn't even on your list. It's in my honorable mentions. Oh, well, that's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I just haven't played those ones as much, I think. I think we've talked about this plenty. I think it's basically the quintessential Euro game um, where nothing is random except people. People are random. Well, I don't know. That's in deep. A, in a four-player game, people are very random. In a two-player game, that's that's people why are less plays, random. <laughs> that's why people play two player on uh, board game arena only. Yeah. No, this is terrible two player. I think you should always play four or even five with the expansion. Uh supposedly the guy project getting an expansion as well, which would be really scary because it's already insane to explain because it feels like a, an expansion to Terra Mystica. But yeah, you're uh commanding this fantastical faction and actually i remember actually the first time before i played the game i thought the factions were like really dumb and i thought it was going to be like some fantasy bs you know just i don't know it just like the giants like are you kidding me like would you feel cool playing the giants in a game but how about the halflings (laughs) or the halflings yeah it's like yeah i'm the halflings but it actually does feel pretty cool and like thematic oddly enough because the races are asymmetric and they have a cool story where they're they're in this magical land and they're trying to uh restore i don't know restore compete with each other or something i don't know what the heck they're restoring something, I think. Gosh, I don't even remember. No one really plays this for the theme anyway. But it does have a cool intro. And yeah, the the races actually feel thematic with what they do. There's like uh, witches and they, I think they fly or something. There's mermaids and they can swim better along rivers. So like super thematic and cool. But it is a Euro game where you're calculating a bunch of things. It has a unique thing, I think, uh, which other games don't. Uh, 
which first of all is like the interaction i think is what really sets it apart where you build next to each other when when you build next to each other you get benefits so if someone builds next to you you can pay victory points to get energy but you can do more things with the energy later so it's overall i think better um or when you build next to each other, when you build next to someone else, you can hope that when they upgrade, you get the same effect. So basically, it's like very kind of synergistic, and that's kind of starting to appear actually in some other games like Boon Lake and actually uh, Clans of Caledonia. I think that it's a while ago, but not as pronounced as here, I think, and not as elegant as here. Also, it has this like power cycle, which basically is. Um, just kind of this counter where you're charging it up but when you spend it it has to take a while to get charged up again so it's almost like you're kind of uh just waiting for it to be super charged and then you just use it all hopefully ideally for good actions and then you wait for it to be charged again fully it kind of reminds me actually of the dune imperium track of whatever it's called those things technology not technology chome i think i think it's a chome track yeah i forgot what it's called but anyway same thing you can just wait for better rewards and wait for better rewards and wait for better rewards and you eventually get the rewards <laughs> where, <laughs> when you need it i guess that's, patience that's very, pays yeah uh very interesting game um because it's all out in the open it, it is a little bit prone of like maybe good players being able to kind of predict the whole game or something um that's just kind of crazy i'm not up to that level but i think some people can probably do it or at least you can see what's being scored so it has like a different scoring based on rounds and you can kind of pre-plan if you know how the races kind of work pre-plan specific like expansion points like this race expands quickly maybe so uh lots of houses scoring in the first three rounds or something so you can i don't know basically deal with scoring but uh i think this is one of the coolest games of all time. So it's pretty awesome. Terra Mystica. I agree. Or Guy Project. Guy Project is just, in my opinion, the same game, just an expansion. Uh, it is maybe arguably better in some way, but I will definitely still play Terra Mystica. I think actually the boat expansion, most of all. Fire and Ice was a little bit controversial. I think I'm not even sure if I like it because it's basically... The, oh, the, the game also has a unique thing with like the, the terrains, so you like a certain terrain, and it has very specifically designed maps where the terrains are spread out so that they encourage people to interact with each other and not be able to build out too quickly. So Fire and Ice kind of a little bit destroys that terrain thing, which I don't appreciate too much, but I think the boat expansion or merchants or the Caesars, I think it's called, whatever, that brings it up to Gaia Project, possibly kind of close-ish uh, Gaia Project has more like on the tech tree and more weird stuff there as well, and the Gaia Planets as well, which is the title of the game. But they feel very, very similar. So if you play Terra Mystic, you'll, be, you'll feel right at home at Gaia Project. And if yeah. the backwards thing is going to be even easier, I think, because I think like going backwards from Gaia Project would be just very easy. Yeah, I, I think I like Gaia Project more, but like you said, I think that even though they're basically... Uh, at their core, they're the same game. Uh, I think they feel different enough that like I can have both and play both and feel like I'm still playing two very different games. 
Yeah, though what I should say is I think the biggest difference is in Terra Mystica you can get blocked more easily, I think, so it's a little bit rougher and more crowded. In Gaia Project there's these cubes where you can basically kind of escape if you get too blocked. Terra Mystica can definitely get really blocked. Uh, I've had some really bad games with that, so yeah. That's also what boats help with, I think, is same concept. You can kind of escape from a block with boats, but without boats you can't. <laughs> yeah. And Guy Project just has this like you can travel really long distances, so it's not a, not much of a problem. Yeah, that's a good pick. I I really like both of those games. They are in my honorable mentions. Uh, speaking of which, did you have anything else to add on on that? Or should no. we go to honorable mentions? Yes. All right. Well, I'll just list list off uh, the games that I had on mine. Uh, so some crossover with what was on your list. I had listed Trismegistus, Guy Project, the Terraforming. Not Terraforming Mars. I, I wrote TM on my paper, so it's, <laughs> it's Terra Mystica. Uh, yeah, we can talk about Terraforming Mars another time. <laughs> but uh, uh, Alchemists is also on there. So Barrage. Uh, actually, I don't know if it's supposed to be pronounced Barrage, but everybody it's says Barrage. Bar- it's supposed to be Barrage, yeah. I think. I looked it up, and it's Barrage, yeah. yeah. The, the Barrage is the military Barrage. The Barrage is the Barrage of Barring Water, I guess. Yeah. So that's a really cool uh, kind of steampunk, not steampunk, but like weird, like 1920s theme th- where you're just like... The Tesla punk. Yeah, Tesla punk. <laughs> uh, just building uh, these, you're just building dams and trying to control water and, and the action wheel where you're inserting your machines into that wheel to then do actions with. So you have to kind of like time, use time as a resource. Again, that's a really, really cool game. Uh, Root is also one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, I didn't, I didn't include on, on this list because it's a t- technically like the gameplay is very simple, but the, the game becomes very complex because it's asymmetric and uh, anyway i i have talked about root before on the podcast i really like root it's one of my favorites uh blackout hong kong from alexander fister has a really cool system we've also talked about that before uh praga could put regni and pulsar 2849 from vladimir suhi are also uh two of my favorite uh heavy games and we've also talked about both of those before. But the Pulsar is, I think, my favorite dice drafting game. Uh, I'm looking at my list. Actually, yeah. Pulsar and Trismegistus are, are kind of my two favorite dice drafting games. Praga I like a lot because the action selection system is cool. I know you're not quite a, as much a fan of that. But anyway, yeah, those are uh, my honorable mentions. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah. I was going to say, I didn't see a lot of these games because I put my boundary at four complexity. So if it's not four, it's not good enough for me. (laughs) Uh, But all of them are kind of like really close to four. So I guess good enough. Yeah. (laughs) It's acceptable. I didn't didn't put the four cutoff because, again, I I don't... This is just the funny part about stats on PGG. I don't trust any of them because yeah, like, yeah, no, because I, I know totally what happens it. like behind the scenes people just troll things or like they'll overrate it because they think people aren't rating high enough or you know just whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's just kind of funny cuz I was like um, I'm I'm 
as you're reading some games i i was just thinking oh that that's a good game but why didn't i see it because it's 373 or something yeah, so that's yeah. that's fine whatever I, it's totally fine uh honorable honorable mentions for me the gallerist another vitalis herda game i think it's cool um it's a little bit more clunky and i think less flowing than lishboa also i think lishboa like really flows for me i don't know i haven't really felt that way with other games of his there's always some kind of just a little bit of clunk um i think maybe the gallerist is maybe the most clunky because there it feels like the games you play are kind of disconnected from each other i think vinyash actually flows really well as well um that's another good one by him but yeah, the gallerist is cool. Um, it's very weird because again, you're not sure what you're doing uh, the first time you play the game, and then you kind of see how it works. And the second game, you still don't know what you're doing. Just kidding. Uh, and the third game, you don't know. What you're yeah. Doing. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. They all, also, I remember um, never believing the ticket count because uh you should always get tickets from the board and people have got tickets from it has like tickets that you give to people like you throw them tickets so they get closer and closer to your gallery until you've captured them in your gallery forever um just kidding until they buy something then they're free to go <laughs> this is about like <laughs> false <Yeah>. imprisonment <laughs> yeah basically you're kidnapping people uh until they buy something or they deliver like their services whatever they do so that's I think. how it works really is you discover an artist and then you trap people in your gallery until they agree <laughs> until to buy they it. like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so then so then your artist becomes famous and is uh, the artwork is valuable because you forced people to buy it <laughs> yes, that's how it works. But anyway, uh, the Galaxy is a really cool game. I think I like it. The system is cool. Uh, Bar- Barrage. Barrage. Uh, Barrage is fine as well. Um, I think it's actually, it's actually not as heavy as people think it is in some ways. But it is kind of heavy in some other ways, especially with the expansion. I think anytime there's a technology mixed in the game, the game kind of automatically becomes heavier because you are inherently good better at doing something good doing something good you're inherently better at doing something so you're inherently better at being better (laughs) the people who recognize what the good technologies are that kind of align with the scoring goals that they have or like abuse them the the best can score a lot more than other people i think that that i think that's why barrage also has like a technology vibe as well and a lot of the uh waterfall system there is very unique as well where like the water's flowing between people and scoring points yeah. and stuff so i think yeah. people probably rate this one high in complexity too because it's it's mean like yeah uh, yeah yeah. you're always like you're really nervous about doing the right thing at the right time because if you don't you're gonna get wrecked by somebody else just like swooping in and destroying your position or something like that yeah speaking of mean uh we didn't have any splatter games which is another notorious publisher like if you filter to heavy games you'll see all of them like roads and boats indonesia the great zimbabwe food chain magnet i don't know bus buses that's arguably the lightest uh even then it's absolutely ridiculous and those games are also really mean and i think for the exact same reason basically it's like a huge build-up and they're usually economic games actually pretty much all of them are economic games i think uh so if you don't start right ye, the difference between you and someone else just becomes larger and larger yeah. <laughs> until the game is over thankfully sometime so yeah they're kind of very runaway games i think um 
I like the Great Zimbabwe because, again, it has a unique thing of where you can like serve a god or something. So you can serve an African god. Um, and you can pick at any time, even the first turn or whatever. Uh, and there are these like abilities that you have, but you instantly, the, the, the level of victory points it takes for you to win instantly, instantly becomes higher when you choose gods and they're like rated differently. So you're kind of like trying to play without that until you realize that maybe it's better to have it even though the point that you have to reach are higher and it's like this weird puzzle logistical puzzle that i really like um the other games i think are more they're still like logistical puzzles but and like economic supply demand games pretty much all of them are that i think but for some reason this one just kind of clicked with me maybe it's also because it's the one of the shorter ones maybe so you're not just like sitting there for two hours like not having a chance to catch up to, <laughs> to whoever's leading so i think it's maybe that's why it's maybe my favorite of theirs that i've played you just reminded me that I forgot to put Founders of Gloomhaven on my honorable mentions. It's like yeah. in that same vein. Yeah. Yep. The, yeah. Very similar to Founders of Gloomhaven, actually, but even weirder because, yeah, it's weirder. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, Spirit Island actually popped up, and I considered even putting it on my top five because I really like it. It uh, can get really complicated, and I think it's not obvious how complicated it is maybe because you can kind of just like do stuff but i think to do really well with the game you should work with each other as well which is absolutely insane because you can do a lot of things in that game and a lot of choices and you're trying to basically defend this island against the invaders which i think is like a simulation of i don't know it's like a simulation of uh An anti-colonist yeah anti-colonialism <laughs> anti-colonialism basically simulation and uh yeah there's a lot of cards you can play a lot of things you can do with the cards and you should synergize with other people to be better at the game so kind of yeah that it, it takes a, a while to play not necessarily even because of the mechanics but because of just kind of think trying to work with other people and lots of choices it's also deck building and you build your deck in the game so you're constantly like throwing away cards and adding decks to your, uh, adding cards to your game so kind of crazy uh spirit talent that's it yeah cool any other honorable mentions or not really? Uh, I think I covered all the ones I uh, I remembered. Founders of Gloomhaven. <laughs> yeah, Founders of Gloomhaven. I was all just uh, really quickly is <laughs> great game. Uh, I think it got a lot of hate, understandably, because if, if we've talked about this before, if you're a fan of Gloomhaven, which actually, what is that rated for weight? Uh, it should be pretty high, but my guess would be like three. It is 3.88, so it almost made your cutoff. I, I actually considered... I'll throw Gloomhaven on my uh, my list. I, I don't feel like Gloomhaven is really all that complicated because once you've got the system down, you just kind of play, but there is a lot of rules overhead to kind of know how the system should work, so I guess it is kind of complex. Um, but yeah. I think the craziness with Gloomhaven, like half the craziness is figuring out what the enemies will yes. do <laughs> and where they will be so that you can plan actions so that you don't, like, so that you can kind of get hit minimally and then kind of avoid the maximum hits, but still be really close to the enemies. Yeah, yeah. 
So I would, I'd probably throw that on my honorable mentions, but I think that founders of Gloomhaven is a bit more of a brain burn. Um, that for all the reasons you mentioned about splatter type games, uh, you got to do the right thing at the right time, or you're going to fall behind and stay behind. I think. <laughs> yeah, founders of Gloomhaven has a weird thing where also you're hoping to follow something yeah. that someone else does, and sometimes that works out really well, and sometimes it doesn't. And then some people vote for the wrong buildings, and you just can't win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that happened to me the last time we played yeah, this game. Yeah, I, I just, I just got shut out. Um, I think I was still relatively like within the range, but I I wasn't going to win that. Yeah, it's always kind of close because you always deliver some stuff, but if you get better buildings, it's better. It's never too far. Like the scores are never too far away, I think, that, yeah. that I've seen at least. Yeah, and I actually really like the theme of this game. And having played Gloomhaven uh, the full game before and uh, we're playing it again, spoilers, Uh I, I appreciate that the the mechanisms for so each faction has its own like personal worker placement spot that does something and it's kind of thematically tied to what that faction might do. So I, I appreciate the theme. I like how it looks. It could have been anything, but I I enjoy that it's Gloomhaven related. <laughs> Funny, actually some I'm looking at the reviews and someone has uh the comment that it's an uninspired lackluster riff on the great Zimbabwe. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, but I can totally see it. Yeah. I don't know if it's like uninspired and lackluster. I think it's just like different. And I can see the interesting changes that he made like the voting for buildings that completely doesn't exist in the great zimbabwe is just like a spam for who can make the coolest things the fastest i think but um no i think gloomhaven has founders of gloomhaven has plenty to stand on i think it's just kind of unappreciated because i think like a a good enough a, a large enough group of people decided that it's not good and like people have to like agree with them i think which is kind of weird i think that's kind of what happened and i think it's because people were expecting it to be more related to gloomhaven than it is yeah it gets a lot of hate but i don't think it's deserved i just think like you have to say that it's bad otherwise people are like you're weird man i don't know it's... well i'll be weird man <laughs> yeah i, I know <laughs> yep <laughs> No, exactly. I don't care. But I think like there's a a lot of groupthink in board gaming where like it's like marked for death or something. So unfortunately, that game received the mark. Yeah, I'll I'll protect all the copies of of founders yeah. whenever I find them in the wild. You, you'll buy them all for ten bucks or something, <laughs> yeah. which eventually they will be. Actually, if they haven't. I have I have seen some stores still selling it for like sixty dollars. I'm like, you guys are never gonna sell that. <laughs> yeah no it's pretty sad i think like two months after release it was already down to like 20 or something so it's very unfortunate yeah i think i bought it for like 10 bucks but i think it's a good game anyway, yeah yep all right uh as far as looking forward to actually i was going to mention some like games that popped up in the list which i'm looking forward to playing someday just really quick uh one game which uh i think is number two not number one on bgg like the sequential number let me see oh no it is number one how is it number one i thought something else was number one anyway it's dimaha Dimaha is a German name of 
actually what is it is it the counselor i don't know what it even i'm translating it the makers what are you making you're making laws i think and what i've heard is it's kind of a long game but it feels really thematic of basically running a parliament and um i still hope to play this game sometime maybe i should actually like try it <laughs> convince people to play this with me because i've heard it's like really good uh it can go on for a while though so it's about making the german parliament and enacting laws i think and supposedly it feels like really cool because you feel like you're like aligning your party to people's preferences or something so i'm expecting that system to be cool was this reprinted recently it was reprinted recently yes i have the reprint uh, the 2020 edition because the old game was actually getting really rare and it was really kind of i think not so ugly actually the 2006 edition was okay i'm actually looking at the original which was the 1985 it looks really really old like really old almost i'm also very curious about how a game from 1986 can stand up to today's standards and supposedly it can so yay um Weather Machine, that's actually just popped up in the above four games. I don't know if it's going to go down or up, but I don't know. It actually didn't look that as, as complicated as maybe some other Vital Asserta designs, but obviously it's Vital Asserta, so I'm expecting this to be ridiculous. I actually watched a little bit of a playthrough recently, so I'm slightly more excited about it, but that's just the game I'm looking forward to. Did you back it, actually? I think you I backed did, it. yeah. This, I'm... I'm You're the Vital Lacerda supplier to the I, group, I guess, yes, the I, believer in his newer <laughs> games. <laughs> yeah, I will always have his games. I the only one I don't have, I think, is uh, Railways uh, of Portugal. Actually, yeah, I don't have that. But it, didn't, he just, didn't, that didn't he just didn't didn't he just do? A, I think he did an expansion map for that game, though. Um, no, I don't have Escape Plan. Oh, yeah, I didn't like Escape Plan that much. I mean, it's fine, but for what it is, it's kind of a little bit ridiculous. I think it should have been... I don't know, he was trying to make like a light and fun game, but obviously it's Vital Asserta, so it's not light or fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think it's kind of kind of fun, but it's definitely not light, and it feels like it should be more light than it is and yeah. more fun than it is he's got he's trying his hand now at lighter ish games because he did mercado lisboa and then there's bot factory coming which is like a re-implementation of of kanban huh interesting. Uh, in in like a it's it's not as light as mercado from what i gather it's gonna be like just oh yeah it says 30 to 60 minutes yeah it'll be like a full game but not a typical lacerda style game Actually, I'm kind of interested in Railways of Portugal now. It looks like uh, some kind of a network game, and that would be cool if it was good. So we'll yeah. see. I'd Maybe I'll look at it. For some reason, I thought Rails of Railways of Portugal wasn't a full game. I thought it was like a an expansion. <laughs> oh, expansion for Rails of, Rail, Railways of the World. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Forget about it. Yep. Yeah, that's why I, I didn't go after that because <laughs> it was an expansion board or something. I actually don't know what Railways of the World is. It looks probably cool, but yes, it is an expansion, so it's not a game. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, just to mention about Sierra Madre again, Pax Transhumanity or Renaissance. Usually those games I'm not super interested, but the themes of Renaissance and Transhumanity appeal to me a lot. Um, I'm not huge on like the biology stuff with like BIOS Megafauna and all that stuff, BIOS Genesis. 
Um, I really like the idea of Pax Renaissance and transhumanity. Actually, like a futuristic game sounds really cool uh, in the Pax system. So hopefully I will play them someday. It's kind of funny because like I'm like afraid of these games and Pax Transhumanity is like literally just like this tiny box of cards no bigger than something like Azul. Actually, it's probably smaller than Azul, but it's this like monster inside that's just like raw. <laughs> so I don't know. It's going to devour um, I'll, you. I'll work up the enthusiasm someday to actually also teach it to people because I'm guessing it's going to be just as ridiculous to teach it to people as, as to actually read the rules and learn the rules. Yeah. Uh, well, games I'm looking forward to, I covered this previously, but it, the Kickstarter finally arrived. The Perseverance Cro- Castaway Chronicles episodes one and two. This is the latest release from Mind Clash Games. Uh, the first episode is kind of like dice drafting and you're defending your camp against dinosaurs coming in trying to kill you and there's some sort of like voting system where you're investing in leaders and uh anyway i've i've talked about this previously and then the second episode is kind of an exploration-esque style game so i'm i'm excited to try those uh also something that delivered uh within the last little bit is the arkwright card game uh, currently sitting at a 3.92 rating. I'm just curious to see how they took the spreadsheet board game and turned it into a card game. Uh, so this was Game Brewer that did that. And it's, I mean, it's a card game version of one of the games that people just say is one of the heavier board games <laughs> of all time, I guess. Uh, although not according to BGG rankings. Um, so I'm interested no, it was, to... it was high there. It was like top 10 probably. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just, I'm interested to see how they take this uh, kind of loans and market and stock game and change it into a card game. Um, and then the last game that I'm looking forward to that's in this heavyweight category is Imperial Steam. Uh, this is from Alexander Humer, who I believe is the Lignum designer. Uh, Capstone brought the U.S. last year, 2021, and it's a train game. (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised you're interested in a game like this, but it does look kind of cool. So, yeah, it kind of, I don't know, yeah, yeah. It gave off a different vibe to me for some reason than most other train games, um... Jury's still out on whether I'll like. I picked it up because I'm I'm intrigued and I and I want to try it and see if I like it. But it has it it ticks a lot of boxes of things that I do like with you know, contract fulfillment, markets, you network building, pick up and deliver, point to point movement. Like it has a lot of things that I like. So we'll uh, give it a shot and see if I see if I actually like it. Yeah, actually, uh, I don't know if it's similar, but for some reason it reminds me of Imperial, like E-M-P-Y-R-E-A-L, which is a, uh, spells in Steam. So you're like running these like magical trains around the land, which I thought was going to be like not good and I wasn't going to like it, but actually it was not bad. 
<laughs> just, it it was, also uh, wasn't good, but it's not bad. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, it's still kind of like um, a train game of the opening up new cities and making connections kind, but it was kind of interesting. So because of the spells part, I think, because you have like these kind of like technologies or abilities or just weird things you can do with the trains. Uh, otherwise it's like a hex connection game but yeah i'm i'm kind of curious i'm also i'm always kind of curious about like network games um so it looks kind of like more like a network game than train yeah maybe so it should be cool that's what kind of drew me to it is it i mean it is a train game but it's not a train game if that makes sense like it doesn't it doesn't give off the same vibe like your a standard 18xx game right it just doesn't I, and this yeah, is yeah. not i've not played it before so i can't say whether that's actually true but it 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 got me excited in the way like these heavy euro style games do so i i, I well, hopefully that ends up being good <laughs> i just have like red flags with games with that have steam in their title but i don't know i don't know we'll, we'll try it i guess <laughs> yeah no i i am i am well aware that i might go into this game and come out like hey eh, that might have been a miss but it got my attention enough to to pick up a used copy so yeah and as far as and as far as arkwright um that's just crazy again another monster in a tiny box so i'm kind of <laughs> curious i'm kind of <laughs> curious how it's gonna go actually because yeah i'm expecting it to be kind of ridiculous for just a card game so yeah yeah i never worked up the enthusiasm i, I am kind of interested in theory of playing in playing arkwright sometime but I've heard that it's heavy and long, so that's kind of a crazy combination. So, heavy, long, and hard to find. Yep. <laughs> the I, the I, best I, combination. I actually didn't know it was hard to find. Is it out of print now or something? I think so. They should reprint it because it's just capstone. They yeah. don't think they have the rights, so it's probably going to yeah, get reprinted. Yeah, I think they... That's interesting because Arkwright, the be, card game, was uh, Game Brewer. Yeah, I but, wouldn't even be surprised if it, they do like a 10th anniversary on 2024 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was actually looking for it to pick it up and um, maybe I just, I, I'm sure there are copies that you can find, but maybe it was just more than I was willing to pay for a game that I'm not sure will ever get played. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I think it is pretty rare nowadays. So yeah, crazy. I, I bet it's going to get reprinted because like, are you kidding me? I think that's a really popular game. It's not going to stay out, out of print for long. Yeah, I I seem to remember it not being really available when I when I went to look. That's so crazy, but I guess it's been a while since I've looked at games in general because I remember like people just tell me things are out of print and I'm like, "Really?" Like I was selling for like 30 bucks last time I looked, but yeah, it's out of print. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. Well, well maybe maybe uh, Stonemaier oh, games will bring Arkwright back with like a cool anthropo- anthropomorphic uh, theme. <laughs> like they did yeah, for no, uh, I bet that, Libertalia. <laughs> I bet if they uh, do a 2024 10, 10th anniversary, they'll probably like make the art cooler because it's not art. It's just like a bunch of boxes. So I bet they'll do some kind of facelift and probably small expansion because yeah. why not? You know, I'm looking at the color scheme and it's yellow, beige, yeah. beigey red, and beigey yeah. green. <laughs> no, I think it's just like functionally a spreadsheet and you just... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you just have a bunch of tracks and numbers. Yep. Anyway, yep, cool. Well, I think that's it, right? Yep, that's it. Uh, we'll call that an episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will catch you in a couple of weeks. Yep, see you. 
Cards and Cubes has been a production of Pod Cauldron. Check out some other great podcasts on the Pod Cauldron Network, including Bub Club, a horror movie podcast, Rabble Rabble Rabble, a comedic look at current events, and Steady Diet of Music, a bi-weekly fix of opinions by musicians. You can get a hold of Cards and Cubes via email, Cards and Cubes podcast at gmail.com or visit our website www.cardsandcubes.com We'd like to thank Kirsten Adams for designing our logo. Find more of Kirsten's art on Instagram at catcoffee, that's K-A-T-C-O-F-F-E-E We'd also like to thank Lindsay Hobbs for composing the theme and thank all of you for listening and we will return in a couple of weeks.